Welcome back to episode two of Casting Commons, and today we are here to discuss the pauper challenges from just the weekend gone. And I am here with the Tash Tyrant himself, Reese. Hello. So, Paul, what have you been doing this week? Um, so pretty much what we touched on last week, really. Um, still looking at burn. Um. Been playing through a few challenges uh, with Cut and Cold Open. I'm going more like a burn focused, like pinger style list, I guess. Um, with Thermo and the Essig Cage Breaker guy. Um, which, yeah, it's, it just seems really strong. Like the level of card advantage burn has now is nuts. Like unparalleled, basically, by any other deck. Um, and I learned about the Chain Lightning Bug on Modo, which was <laughs> a fun one. <laughs> end up costing us a trophy which is always good so hopefully they'll uh, get back to me and, and reimburse me at some point yeah I did know I, I didn't I haven't like come across the bug myself but I, I did notice that it was bugged I mentioned someone mentioning it but yeah it's it is a strange bug to just all of a sudden occur but yeah for, for anyone who doesn't know basically if you get chain lightning or something of yours gets chain lightning and you pay to redirect it or to, to copy it and, and choose no targets. You don't get to choose no targets, it just does it again. So my opponent tapped out, uh, and the final spell was a chain lightning to me. I was on six and put me to three. So I copied it to put it back to them to untap and kill them, but instead it just dealt six to me and I died. <laughs> Which is a fun one. What have you been doing? Um, I've, I've actually had quite a busy week, to be fair, in terms of magic. I was quite... I was quite surprised. I utilised the uh, May Bank holiday of that you, that you get in the UK. I don't know if you get it anywhere else. But I have no idea. Um, and I recorded a couple of videos. I brew, I've been messing with a rug or tamer gates deck, which I've been talking to yourself about. I'm fairly happy. With it. I was happy with how it played out. Before. I was quite. I was surprised how powerful it felt in some weird scenarios. Just it has a lot of. All powered, like zero powered guys, but they attack really well. Like a Boreal Grazer having reach was secretly just house. Um, mm -hmm. Hard evidence producing a crab that can just attack is great. Surprisingly, it blocks really well, and then eventually, oh, I have nine gates in play, I'll attack you with a crab. And then to finish off the game, Jewel Thief was a really good top end kind of card. So I, I definitely, it's not perfect by any stretch of means, but it was definitely fun. Um, I had mine wasn't a, f a trophy, but for a four-one, I made an amazing click against Affinity. Um, I was, I think it was a dual thief I was targeting. I triple Basilisk Gate, mm. and I decided the second Basilisk Gate was targeting their Mirror Enforcer for some reason. No. So, so I just made their Mirror Enforcer absolutely huge. I was like, <laughs> all right then, Cascade Attack. It's all right then. So yeah, it was uh, definitely a weird one, but. And I've got a couple of decks I'm trialing. Um, hopefully, see something in the future coming down on the on like the YouTube channel. Uh, I've got an idea of like trying Mogwarts, um, brewing the shell. Like the shell seems to be it's quite concise now with like the draw engine of Deadly Dispute and Wellspring. Mm. But gaining like I'm thinking Reckless Impulse, Rens Resolve, and Experimental Synthesizer work so well for Burn that mm. I can't see a reason why it can't work for Mogwarts. Yeah. Because the big, the big downside I find with Mogwarts and having Draw Engine, sometimes you've just got to go for the combo. And being stuck with like Deadly Disputes in hand are really awkward because you can't combo off because you make an Infinite Red doesn't help you cast a Deadly Dispute. Where making yeah. Infinite Red helps against, obviously, Red's Resolve, Reckless Impulse, and Experimental Synthesizer. Yeah, and you can just chain them all. Just chain them all and keep going. So I feel like there is an idea that it might... It, might be useful, but then again, obviously being able being able to cast it only on one turn uh, over the next couple yeah. of turns is a pretty awkward. So I'll, I'll I'll mess around with that and hopefully get a video a video recorded with that. But that's, yeah, nice. And when's then, the uh, gates video going up? Uh, the gates video should be next week. So I have gardens coming out this week because I'd absolutely love that deck, and it falls in line with the other project that's finishing, and it's. That project includes something to do with gates, so uh, gardens. Sorry, so uh, I feel like that works out perfectly well. And then next week should obviously be the rug gates, which again it was so much fun to play. I just love killing <laughs> people with a boreal grazer. I am all for I that. Actually, played against the rug deck in that uh, one of the leagues 
I was playing with Burn, but it was like um like a rug threshold. Oh yeah. With like Terra and Nimble Mongoose and um Delver. It was like old school um rug Delver but brought to pop. <laughs> uh it, yeah, it wasn't very good but <laughs> it looked fun. Sometimes fun is all you need. Yeah. So um Let's start with the crux of obviously what I think a lot of people will be here for and it discussing Saturday and Sunday's challenges. The um we'll go for we'll just go down mid Saturday. Saturday was I'd say a lot more stock as as kinda as we expected it all to go, to yeah, be fair. Very, very stock I would say. all the way through the thirty two, I, I I personally just felt like it was as you expected. I really did struggle to find my kind of interest in deck because you know I'm very much off the wall and you know very much on card choices in not necessarily high meta decks and it just there wasn't any everything was just if mono blue burn affinity farms everything all right the way through it was just as you expect yeah. um but yeah so for the the results for people that don't know uh burn one which was like a rent resolve reckless impulse tradition kind of burn deck i would say yeah no no, no called offer and then it was two fair um, they were fairly stock, but I think they yeah, were both they made, copy copy paste. To yeah. Uh, then it was Bogles, blue black fair, which I was quite interested in. To be fair, that was quite a yeah. surprising one because a lot of the fairy decks at the moment are either mono blue or at a stretch blue red. But um, definitely quite happy to see the blue black one, which also makes sense with the hat white did so well with the percentages that we've seen mm. with a high tick of um, familiars. Like the uh, blue black phase, just infinitely better. Yeah. So I could see that, and then we had sixth another Bogles player, and again they were pretty stock list. They were fairly similar, I think. There was like the odd life linker, life link effect, or something different, and all that sort of stuff. But a couple more. Yeah, there's, there's not much space in Bogles really. Mm. Um, <clears> but <throat> another double top eight from Bogles. I think was it mm. Saturday last week? There was a double Bogles. Yeah. Um, and there's not many people playing them when you look at the... I can't remember if it was three or, or four players. So there's there's not a lot of representation, but they are mm. they're done well. Yeah. They really well. Yeah, I think I think Saturday had three, and I think yeah. Sunday had five. Yeah. So, but yeah, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday had three and two of them top eighted, which is yeah. pretty impressive. Um, sometimes you just get either lucky or there's something that we're not... We're not Privy to to know how these people managed to top out Mulligan very well, I guess. But yeah, and then in seventh place was Familiars. Uh, I believe that was just uh, I don't think it was anything too out of out of the ordinary. No cryptomancers and a couple of meeting of minds, maybe four. Yeah, think, they had the the meetings. They had four meetings. Yeah. Um, and the one sages row, I guess, to make the the mod all win easier. Yeah. Um, in the main. Um, other than that, yeah, not nothing. Nothing that out of the ordinary. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, and then eighth place was uh, Luffy. He squeezed in with Affinity, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's fairly stock Affinity deck. He had a, a one-off bangs in the main. Um, and triple Nihil Spellbomb rather than Stars. Mm. Um, just an interesting deck. Um, there was quite a bit of terror last week, but it seemed to drop off a bit this week. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like you say, a fairly stock top eight. All the the big players, other than I guess terror. The, there's no terror there. Mm. Um, a lot of fear. Yeah, a couple of others. <clears throat> but yeah, fans again making top eight. The the field was pretty dense for fans. Like more than you would normally expect. Yeah, I think it was it the most played deck. Yeah, or, it was or tied yeah. for the most played deck. Um, but not many of that representation got into that the actual top thirty-two. Mm. Um, so again, it, it sort of plays on what we were saying last week. The, the decks really hard to play, especially on Mordo. Um, yeah, the good players obviously do well with it. Um, but people just picking it up, it, it is hard to to get there with. Yeah, I think that, um, that's definitely what it seems like. Uh, I think it was like 20% of the field, which is pretty nuts for fans. And you can also see not many people top 80 with it. But the win rate actually went down significantly. The 
when you look at the win rate of fans over the challenges, um, it's usually quite high. It's very high in terms of win rate, but pilots are really low because obviously yeah. most it's pilots... It's the same people playing exactly, each week. Exactly. Um, but this time, the win rate was, I think it was sub 40%, which is low for fans, and obviously only one of them squeezing into the into the top eight, yeah. and not many in the top 32. And then uh, <laughs> following on for that, it was... Burn. Burn was the next most played at I think eighteen percent, and and Mono Blue at sixteen percent, and still far and above the rest of the field. I think the next after those top fans on twenty, Burn at eighteen and Blue Mono Blue at sixteen was Affinity at around eight, so it's it's a lot lower um, than the rest. And Bams for this challenge is probably not a good like representation of that average. It, it mm. probably would be a lot lower. Yeah. Um. So yeah, burn, burn and Bono blue, dominating in in representation really. Yeah, and I think it's kind of as we expect. Like Mono blue, really thrives on a, a well known meta game. I think, and I think I touched mm. on this last week. Where obviously, everything's low cost. Same with Affinity. Same with Burn. All low cost, and it really does thrive on that kind of interactive gameplay that way. So I think Mono Blue being at the top is kind of a result of Burn and Affinity being good. Yeah. Which I think is is fine. I'm okay with that. Like, don't get me wrong. I really, I really get annoyed at losing a spell status sprite, as probably do <laughs> most people. But it it being a good representation is 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 okay. It's just one of those things you have to prepare for going forward. Um, I think Burn's always been at the top. They always will. Like it's it's one of the best decks, if not the best deck. And Ren's resolves definitely helped that, but I think just how easy it is to get into and play on Magic Online mm. as well. Like a lot of people just be like, oh well, I've got half an hour, I, I can play Magic Online with Burn because I can run the game in half an mm. hour. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's definitely a, a bonus to the to that deck. I think Mono Blue as well. It's it's obviously converting very well. But it's to me it's a bit boring. Like mm. all the lists you see are, are almost identical copy paste lists. Because mm. there's that little room in it now with the like the Brian Barrows in mm-hmm. it. And even the sideboard is just copy paste hydroblast and anoles. Yeah. Um as many as you can and then maybe some relics if you want graveyard hit. But just yeah, there's there's not much innovation there, which is a bit sad. Um mm. obviously it's it's well positioned, it's it's just converting. Yeah. Every week it's converting top eight, so yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that one. To be fair, um, I do think there is there is some innovation. You do, I say innovation in air quoted here. There is <laughs> lists running, like Stomp is being tested. Uh, the new Cryptomancer in Mono Blue Fair, yeah. and there is like some people do still run Delver. Some people run uh, Spire Golem. There is some, but these lists don't transition well into no. challenges. So they are they are around. And these are our cards, so say if you're in a league or if you're at a local game store or whatever, like putting them into your like back of your mind that oh you need to consider playing around small crowd or cryptomancer or all they're there, but ideally you could pretty much guess the seventy five of a yeah. Especially in a challenge, I would say. Yeah, and the, the other thing I've got here is the uh, the mono red list <laughs> that won. Um like we say, it's it's cut cold offer, it's gone on the very like burn with card advantage sort of style. Um, I think it was three thermos, four Kessig, and then the, the four Swift Spear and just burn and card advantage. Um, it does seem to be the way it's going to go. Um, it, it felt strong from what I was testing the list, very similar. Um, it, it feels very strong. It feels like there's some slots that aren't firmed up, like the burn spells. The, the numbers aren't quite there. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it, it seemed really good. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the uh, the red list at the moment without the cold author is definitely probably where you want to go. Uh, I can definitely say that. And I think the 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 only real change from last week's no cold author winning list was the lack of epicures was yeah. the thing one thing that he cut. Yeah, it went even lower on creatures from, from yeah. was it 15, 16, down to 11. So mm-hmm. basically just the four Swiss Spears and the, the seven Pingers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, up, up on burn spells, four end the festivities in the main. Um, pretty big. 
again, I think it's another nod to um, mono blue being everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Definitely could see that. And with the pingers, it's not the worst burn spell yeah. in a pinch. Yeah, that is also fair. You know, you, you run Lava Doubt, you run Needle Drop to an extent in old school yeah. burns, so it's doing a pretty poor impression of that while also shoring up some other matchup that can be quite bad. Yeah, and I think then the other big thing after all that was that percentage of affinities seems very low for how good the deck is. Yeah. I don't know if people are just bored of playing it. Um, but yeah, the, the just 8% is very low. Yeah. I think, what have you got here? There was four, four people playing and all four top 32 Yeah, so it's still doing very well in terms of how the deck is actually performing, but... Again, not a lot of people are playing it. It could be the board, could be the one to try new things. Mm. You know, it's uh, it's definitely an odd one for just to all of a sudden drop off. But maybe it's because all these decks are not gonna like they're still not losing all the hate for affinity. You know, like mono blue. Yeah, they're they're all still packing, aren't they? Yeah. So maybe it's just like they're not they don't want to fight through dust to dust for six or seven rounds, or they don't want to fight through steel sabotages or all that sort yeah. of stuff. Maybe Which that's... is interesting when you yeah when you're seeing these numbers, four people playing affinity, and all the mono blue lists are packing like four and alls plus mm. steel sabotages. It's like, is this sort of over the top at this point? Mm. If the the representation just isn't there, but you're still packing all this hate that's essentially for one deck. Obviously, the nulls are decent against boggles. Yeah. Um, but again, there's hardly anyone playing that as well. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know at what point the uh, the mono blue deck start to take the sideboard here out, and the the white deck starts to take the sideboard here out. Maybe it has a resurgence then, mm. um, when it's less expected. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But I still think that I I would almost say that the affinity pilots are all like regular affinity pilots as well. I don't think very. Oh yeah, definitely. Like for example, Luffy who top eighty. Basically, almost solely plays Affinity, and yeah. that's understood that he's the pilot that top eighty out of the out of the four and all that sort of stuff. So maybe maybe they just think that is the best deck, which it could be still. You know, just obviously the representation is very low. Pe- yeah, fairly fairly stock um, challenge, really. The the like you said, the blue black fair sort of stands out out of the top eight. Mm. Um, but yeah, apart from that, looking down the top thirty-two, we'll pull our decks out for for our picks later on in the um, in the podcast. We were both struggling. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was a lot of the usual suspects with the, the distinct absence of terror, especially in the top eight. Just didn't yeah. seem to convert very well. I think there was a there was one in the top fifteen or two, but um, we can look at that later. Yeah. Going to move on to the Sunder Challenge, or have you got anything else to add? No, I think I think I'm happy to generally move on. I do like the fact that I would just like to again reiterate Blue Black Fair being there is obviously quite good, and also its card choices are also something to be to note as well. Just generally, do you want to do you want to look at that list? Because I don't think either of us picked it, did we? No, we didn't. I, um, I'm just looking for it now. It is. Oh, it's here. So, uh, it also hasn't went for the full usual removal suite of like four snuff outs and four cast downs it's got a lot of random one-offs which is fine it, it's almost stock i would say at this point yeah. to diversify its removal spells but it's definitely it, i wouldn't say this is a very normal list personally because it seems no, to the be one, just... the one devour <clears throat> flesh is quite an interesting one yeah and then it's running four fairy seers four spell stutters which are all fairly normal uh, it's running four augers, which are fairly normal, and it's got two thorns and two gamag anglers, which again I would say is fairly, fairly stock. So it's yeah. like creature removals, like fairly. It's creature package, sorry, is fairly stock. But again, it's just spells are very weird. It's sideboards been out there for me as well. It's got like a lot it, of one offs. That's to look a bit like it could be playing attentions or two, but yeah. it just isn't. Yeah. Like there's a one in the main, there's one egg under care, one agony warp, one spell pierce, one devout flesh, one cast down, one fumes. You sort of think was was this te- did this have teachings in at some point? Mm. Yeah it, it's And not, then yeah the same follows through for the sideboard really, doesn't it? I think 
the uh, the pilot here is definitely looking to just have a lot of catch-alls. So, like, obviously wants to have the Devour Flesh against Burn, for example, in case he needs to gain life, or and also being against Bogles or something. Again, with the Decay against Goblins or what have you. Just trying to make sure that he doesn't fall short. You know, make yeah, sure. yeah. And, it, and it's definitely a... If you draw these cards at the right time, and it's all you, that's all you need and all you can ask for. So... But yeah, I just, just thought I'd bring attention to that, that list being so out there, especially with the sideboard, so many one-offs, like Azurfleet, Admiral, Fangs, Moonblade, Shinobi, Fathomseer, Ikobi Gang. There's definitely a lot of interesting one-offs that exclude. Um, yeah, the, the one Fathomseer is a cool, uh, <laughs> a cool inclusion. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the deck's pretty sweet, and I'm, I'm happy Blue Black's kind of put up something because it, it, it's definitely been the, the fair deck that's fell out of favour over recent history but yeah that is all I have about the Saturday's challenge yeah so moving on to the Sunday challenge which was definitely my kind of challenge everything <laughs> was whack and wild and I struggled to pick a deck I really did The um, to just glance through the top 8 first was burn so we had a double burn win second was mono blue fair and I believe the burn deck also going back to that was Coldophilus as well. Almost yeah. the same list. It's yeah, it was almost an identical list. There was three cards different between the main and side. Um, quite interestingly, on that the the guy that won on the Saturday top thirty two the Sunday, and the guy that won on the Sunday also top thirty two the Saturday. Mm. So with with both with very similar lists mm. to the ones they would uh, win with. So. It's definitely there's something there. Yeah, because uh, I think Paul, it was Paulo Cabral won it that one Saturday who won the weekend before, and mm. Baco won Sunday I believe or Baco I can't, I'm not going to pronounce past that but so and they're definitely very strong pilots as we've seen they've featured a lot of challenges usually trophy leaders so definitely yeah. something there if they're picking it up as well. But I'm moving on. We have the. Red-green Ponza coming third. Fairly stock list for Ponza. And I am, I'm quite happy it's there, you know. I'm, I am happy Ponza's featured. I really, really am. Because I do... I like fun policing people sometimes, as people may know. <laughs> um, fairly stock list. Nothing, nothing out the ordinary for that. Uh, Fams came in fourth, and that was uh, GN again. Another, another top eight. Another top eight, yeah. This man just doesn't know how to stop. He's just an absolute on a tear with fans, that is for sure. But again, it's a, a fans, fans with someone who plays fans a lot, doing well, mm-hmm. and just yeah, showing the, the, the decks, the powers there. If you're equipped to play it, basically, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. And then we had a re- a reoccurring deck that hasn't been here for a while, which is Jeskai Wildfire or Jeskai Ephemera, if you. Gonna call it that the uh, Archaeomancer Ephemerate Loop Control Deck using Cleanse and Wildfire. It was a fairly stock list, nothing really out there, I don't think. But it was just, it was nice to see it coming back, even if I'm not a big fan of the how the deck plays out myself. I don't like the player patterns. And then, yeah, it's it's very um, disheartening if you're playing against it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely the way I'd like to put it. And uh, speaking of decks that have rose from the dead. In sixth place as well, we had Kiln Fiend. Like, yeah. What, what, <laughs> it's a very interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I said this in my top five that I, I could see Kiln Fiend making a resurgence with the inclusion of Ren's Resolve because of having a way to kind of get more threats a lot quicker. You're obviously just churning through your deck with uh, Reckless Impulse and Ren's Resolve is obviously a bonus, but... This guy just full blown went down to three. He was yeah, he, did, he didn't care. He was like, I don't need them. I'm gonna draw my threats. Well, one one interesting one was he had a one of um, G two amplifier, which is just like a, a two mana, another like a mini killing thing gets plus two plus all. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's particularly better than the options that they had, but it's got it a... seems pretty much the only change from just old school killing thing. Mm. I think it's that's the one with the kicker cost, isn't it? The blue kicker cost. Yeah, I guess you can kick it. Um, in, in a weird way. Man, 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 man. Yeah. 
It's not not nothing. It does exist, okay. but so I do think it's definitely worse than obviously the festival crashes and the uh, kiln fiends. But it's definitely yeah. if you need another threat, like definitely there. So I have no I have no issues with with kiln fiend being there. I just wish it ran eight reckless impulses. <laughs> but hey on. and then seventh we had uh, burn again. Pretty stock similar list, I believe, to first. Oh. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. Similar, uh, along the same vein. There's no no cold offers. Full sort of burn, eight impulse, um, style. This one had a couple of curses in, um, and went up on the thermos and down on the flame breathers, um, to play like a lot more old school burn style with like lava spikes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apart, apart from that, it's again moving away from cold offer, and just delivering the the rents resolve and the the reckless impulse. No eggs, interestingly. Mm. Very, very strange. But I, I, I'm, I, I do think going more traditional burn is could be potentially a way to go. I, I do yeah, think yeah. flame breather personally is probably the better option, anyways, over thermal alchemist. Especially if you run stuff like curse and the pierce heart, you do still get to trigger it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But um, it obviously just goes straight away, and with all the draw spells in, you can easily to me. From a person that doesn't really play Cold Author or any sort of red deck, you can obviously late game. I just see the idea of he's a flame breather. I've still got my four lands, cast four spells. I, you know what I mean? I'm not missing out on damage. Yeah. So I could definitely see going up to flame breathers consistently, always being the four of. Um, I've never really been a fan of Thermal, but I guess I, I lose to it too much to like it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the benefit of the Thermal is. If you're drawn dead, it still gets damage in every turn. Yeah. Obviously, the, the Flame River can attack, but obviously, you can be on a body state where that's not, not viable. Mm. Um, so, I sort of see the reasoning. If you cut an egg, so you've got slightly less card advantage, it could come up that you're in a slot where it, it doesn't it doesn't pay off and you have a dead, dead mm. draw. Um, whereas in the deck, it's really only just the two curses that don't actually trigger both fingers anyway mm-hmm. um so i can see i can see the reasoning behind it um yeah it, it's just an, another way to go this is it skewed even more towards traditional burn so interesting to see where it ends up no definitely and then in eighth place was a second copy of ponza which is pretty good going the deck's been on the cusp of like doing a lot of top eights consistently i think yeah. Um, and it, I think it just kind of finally got over the edge. It does suffer from itself a lot. It obviously has to run hot. It uh, has to obviously get the right matchups. There is some hands where you just lose because they've played a bridge. Don't get me wrong, it does happen. Um, but generally, the, the raw power level of the threats are just there, and sometimes that just carries. Yeah. Cascade is yeah. a strong mechanic. A bit more of a... Of a out of the norm top eight I guess there's the two mono blue uh, the, the two burn and the one mono blue mm-hmm. um, and the one fans but then no affinity no terror um, the the double ponza uh, wildfire kiln fiend is definitely an interesting uh, addition of four yeah no definitely uh, I, and they're all all decks that I'm all, I'm all for being viable in this sort mm-hmm. of format even and I do think that is the good thing, even though there is a lot of people that don't traditionally like the the way the pauper meta game is. Obviously, with red being absolutely everywhere, the gate, the player patterns of affinity and stuff, there is some sort of room for tier two off the wall decks. I'll say yeah. to rotate around, and it and it does, and I think that's fine. I'm I'm happy with that, and I'm I'm okay with dying to Swifty every so often, and you know flipping the keyboard that happens. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and then look looking at the per, the percentages for Sunday then. So the fam, fans took absolute beating and went from the twenty percent on the Saturday mm. that we were surprised that back down to six percent, mm. which I still think's quite high for that deck. Um, but obviously a lot more in line as with what you would expect um, than than the twenty percent. Um, mono red and mono blue still just leading eighteen percent of the meta each. Um, and affinity just staying consistent. Third most popular deck still at eight percent, um, still well below 
mono red and mono blue. Um, yeah. I think uh, mono red and mono blue will kind of, I would guess, kind of go up and down together. The more mono yeah. red, the more mono blue. The more, the less mono red, the less mono blue. But until people try and figure out how to fight what mono red will look like, I think you're just going to consistently see a lot of mono red and a lot of mono blue, personally. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, and, I, yeah, again, the, the the rest of the field just well well below that. Um, Affinity still 8% probably underplayed for how powerful it is. Um, but, yeah, when you're fighting mono, mono blue that's packing... Six, six plus annuls and mono red that's got shamans and um, smashing blows and smash the dust and stuff in. Um, it's mm. gonna, it's gonna look a bit daunting to play affinity, I guess. Yeah, that is definitely for, for sure. Um, Have uh, you got any <sighs> other comments on the Sunday top eight? I think. No, not really. I think Kiln Fiend, I'm happy he's there. I'm happy that he's there, and I hopefully people start playing it because it can definitely cheese out wins even against like red decks. Yeah. Um, depending on how red decks sort of develop, depends on, I think, also how good it might be. Like If they go more lava spikes and all that sort of stuff, then it, it might get a little bit better for Kiln Fiend. But if they go back, if they go more Serum Blazes and things like generally good cards, if that makes sense, then... Yeah. Kilfine might have a, a harder time. But I think one bonus from it might be the lack of cold offers that are being played. Obviously you can just get in more with mm-hmm. the Kilfine. You don't yeah. have to give it trample or protection to get in. Yeah. And um, you can just like hit for seven and then hit hit them again later for, for the rest. Um that might pay off quite well. Yeah. And I do think there's a lot of benefits from other decks that isn't just the top eight like Kilfine stuff that do benefit from lack of cold offer, um, which we'll probably get into further down when we discuss our deck highlights, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I'm definitely, uh, I definitely am happy that top eight. It shows a healthy meta game, even if when you are playing on Magic Online, sometimes it doesn't feel like that. So I'm definitely happy that it shows that as well. Yeah, definitely. So, um, do you want to go into your choice deck choice for Saturday? Yeah, I'm fine with that, for sure. Um, the, f- <laughs> the first deck is the 15th place. It's like an Esper Gates. Um, it is by the pilot Batutina, I'm going to say. Let's go I'm with that. I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> uh, I will uh, apologise if I mispronounced the name there, but um, f- fairly interesting this list because I do like a good uh, Gates deck. Is this the Gates deck? Oh, yeah, it is. It isn't even Esper. It does also splash. I didn't even notice the uh, Gate Creeper Vine, but it is kind of like. I want to say. I guess we'll say Four Color Gates as opposed to Esper Gates. It's just more the removal suite, and that's kind of like different. As we noticed from last week, the um, Green White Shell is kind of there, um, and it's fairly solid. And it's basically just the removal that you that you change it or or some sort of tech choice to rate like the reason to play it. And the main thing is I did like about this list is it ran four deadly disputes. Cards just good. It always will be. Always has been. That sort of like that card has pretty much dominated Popper once everyone realised how good it was. It took a couple of months and there's um a lot of different ideas that I do like about this, like Kirby, he ran Black White Ephemerate with like uh, Goliath Paladins and the Pegasus and stuff and ran Deadly Dispute in that. And even though you don't really have many sacrifice out, like dedicated sacrifice out- outlets like Ica Wellspring or um, Chromatic Start, the card's just good. It just hits cards that are doing nothing. You you have a card that's sitting there like a Gate Creeper Vine or a Thraven Inspector that's just being outclassed or a Sacred Cat that's just not doing much. Just sack it away, get a treasure, draw two cards. Fairly solid. No, no real messing around. Um, yeah, the cat, the the deck's pretty, pretty interesting overall. And and it's an, as I say, I did struggle personally for this challenge because yeah. it's very much mono blue, mono um mono blue, mono red, etc. But this deck's pretty sweet, and I do like what it's trying to do, and I like the removal. 
Um, the three journeys, two cast downs, the one suffocating yeah. fumes. Good, solid choices. No real issues with anything, and nothing stands out either, apart from the full four Guardians is still getting more stock, I guess, so it's not really out of the ordinary nowadays. You are, you've got a lot of list, gate lists that go one way, either full four on Guardian of the Guild Pact, or they go the other way and go zero in the main and one in the side. Yeah. It, it's definitely come prepared, obviously, for the, the sheer amount of mono blue we're seeing as well with the, the seven blasts in the side. Yeah. Yeah, let's. Uh... The, the, the sacred, sacred cat dawn bringer basilisk gates uh, good enough against mono red, so doesn't need doesn't need much for them. But yeah, yeah, a lot of mono blue here. Yeah, I think I think packing for the main being in red with the sacred cats, the gatekeepers, the dawn bringers, yeah, and technically the suffocating humans if they are running cold author, um, are all solid, and you only need a couple of couple of card choices after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fa- fairly happy with this list in terms of gates. I really do like how the how the gate shells kind of evolving, and I really like the green white core. It's definitely very strong, and I think it'll actually prove to be some sort of I wouldn't say like a meta game menace or anything, but it's definitely just gonna co- it's just gonna exist in the in the in like the meta game, which I'm definitely happy to be there because it's a lot diff- a lot of a different gameplay than what you used to with mono blue, mono red, and affinity. Um, but yeah, that's all I've really got to got to say about that deck. I don't know if you've got anything else to add about it. No, not really. It's obviously from a challenge that, that there isn't a huge amount of um, out of out of the norm decks. I guess it, it was a pretty interesting one. Um, it's not as wild as some of the gate lists we talked about last week, but yeah. it seems it seems solid. Um, obviously, yeah, it it does seem like it's got some of the the more common matchups sewn up. Um, mm. And then obviously lanes the sideboard on on what it needs to be. Definitely. So, and what was the deck you chose? Oh, mine was a Monstertron list, which was came eighteenth, um, and that was Sandpop's list. Um, I quite like this, this sort of take on Tron. It, it seems a bit sort of more old school, um, like old school Tron. Um. With just a bunch of massive guys and then just casting them off your own lands. Um, the four breath weapon in the main I thought was a, a nice a nice addition, obviously hitting out that mono blue. Um but yeah, it seemed a seemed a cool cool list. Um couple of Fengram Marauders in the main. Um with the other two in the side. Just if you need more more life gain against the mono red matchup. Um and then some sideboard relics for for any shenanigans yeah it's a it's a fairly solid list and I, do, and I do like these Tron decks as I say these old school kind of Tron decks very wholesome they just they yeah. want to do something and they're just it's just like a simple honest life they just want to <laughs> just want to get the Tron lands and cast some dumb dudes and hope that yeah. they kill the opponent um, but yeah it's a fairly solid list uh, I think I, see, I watched a video on uh Weber's video on YouTube on it, and it was so it looks so fun. And it this needs to be on my list to play. This yeah, this deck just looks. I, I'm all for just killing people with little mod crushes. Definitely, I'm all for it. I do like the new the addition of like the I guess new but not that new is the uh, the Boulder Branch Golem, the prototype green guy that gains a bunch yeah. of life. Yeah, it's it's a nice one, especially costing seven on the on the big side. Mm. Um, just ideal, really. Seven mana, six five, gain six, especially in the like a burn heavy meta. Yeah. Um, turn three, that it's just a, a yeah really solid play. Um, gain the life you've lost back in the in the first couple of turns. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else I really want to say apart from um, I definitely like this. De- I definitely like this deck. This needs to be added to the list. Are we okay to After move a, on? Get, to... get a record and go on with it. I know, definitely. Are you okay to move on? Or would yeah, you like... yeah. So, moving on to the Sunday challenge. The deck I chose was the 15th place. Again, is that two 15th place lists? Yeah, yeah I know. It's this when I was uh, <laughs> putting the notes in. Is uh, from Brassator. It's a lot, lot easier to say, I think. And this is like a blue-red terror. And... The reason I like I picked this deck was when Telerian Terror got 
spoiled in Dominaria United. Is that what it was? This was... Uh, yeah, Dominaria something. That This is kind of like the deck that I, I initially put together when brewing this. Like, not this exact list. Obviously, I'm not that good by any stretch of the means. But this sort of list where it wasn't really like Turbo Terror, as most blue-black lists are now. It was just like an honest control deck. You know, casting kill spells, draw spells, that eventually just played some terrors out. And this list is basically four ogres, four Commodore, four terrors, the creature package, which is fairly, like, yeah, I'm down for these. Monarch's probably carrying it, to be fair, because... Yeah, the, the four Commodores seems like a, a very thought-about inclusion. Yeah. I could probably, personally... Looking at it, I think it probably wants the other one, the blue one, in my in my head, because I feel like if you the as your fleet commodore is it, because I just feel like losing the monarch in this deck will be brutal, yeah. and the fact that that one's just really good at taking the monarch back is ideal. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look like if if someone takes it, you're gonna have much cost to take it back. Um. Yeah. You're essentially four augers trying to get in. It's mm. uh, it's not yeah, it's not gonna get get it back very easily. But I do like also like the spell choices as well. So like Turbo Terror, Demir Terror, or whatever you want to call it, it, it runs a lot of like lower end count spells, like a lot of dispel spell pieces, with also the inclusion of count spell. And I feel like being more controlling and going a lot more top heavy and slower. Just utilizes the the counter spells that it's chose, which is four counter spell and four lose focus, and it's kind of just went away from the spell piece and stuff because it, it, it you can see by the deck it's trying to go longer, and yeah, it, obviously there's no um, thought scours or mental notes, so it's a it's a it's gonna pass the terror eventually. Mm-hmm. It's not like trying to rush it out, um, so it's obviously a more control and style deck. Yeah, um, which is cool. It's a cool deck. Definitely, uh, and I like also the the no messing. Everything is basically a four, everything is a four of, like yeah. it's like, I am solely just this is my deck and I have got no flex slots in it. Yeah, That's yeah. all I'm doing, and I just like it. Pretty solid take. Yeah, it's definitely a, a clean one. Obviously, when Scred's good, it's gonna gonna work out well. Same with Fire and Ice with them out of um, Mono Blue. Mm. Um, Fire and Ice is gonna be really good at the moment. So four of them seem like. A great inclusion, and um, not much out of the way in the sideboard. Four blasts for blue, four blasts for red, some relics. Um, I guess the relics an interesting one given you're playing Terry yourself. So if you mm. have to pop it, it's sort of a net negative. Um, something like, like I guess spell bomb doesn't really work, but. There's, there's probably an alternate choice to Relic that might work better. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's like Tarmod's Crypt is legal, I guess. Yeah. But again, not I can't really. remember if it's like, um, is there like Phyrexian Furnace? Is that a common? Um, it's like a Relic style, style card that you can like chip away at them and then you can pop it to exile one card. Oh, right, okay. card, I think. Um, I'm not sure if that's a common though, so I might be speaking shit. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, a couple of Curfews, a couple of Fiery Cannonades. For, again for mono blue yeah um or prim- uh, primarily mono blue obviously comes in in other matchups but yeah it seems seems interesting to, to cool pick yeah definitely definitely like that deck and what was your deck uh so my pick was the third place ponza deck um by Shitun. i'm gonna say that's pronounced um he actually got 13th on the saturday as well all right um, okay. So really, like pushing the pushing the Ponza, um, like you say, it's just it, it's a fun deck to to play, um, and it's a cool one to see. Obviously, probably tier two, but on the mm. fringes of of being really competitive, getting really good results. Um, similarly to the that blue red deck, it's a very four four of heavy list. Um, the only non four of the two wild growths and three screds. Um. Yeah, utilising the spread with the snow-covered lands again. Um, but yeah, Arbor Elf, Arbor Elf Utopia Sprawl or, or Wild Growth. It seems like there is space for a deck that, that, that pulls that together to do well. Um, 
yeah, it's, it seems really good. And there was also a Lord Egg topic, which we touched on before. Um, so yeah, the, the Onza is, is there, he's a real death. Um, no matter how casual it may look. I feel like the only difference to their lists as well was their sideboards, right? Yeah, the, off the top of my head, they seemed very similar. I'll just open it up. Yeah, the, the main decks are exactly the same. Um, yeah, four, four Arborel, four Utopia Sprawl, two Wild Growth, um, for your Turbo Mana, then your Jewel Thieves and Elvish Visionaries on three. Um, Avenging Hunters, Boredom Pies, and Altosaurs as your bombs, and then Acid Mosses and, and Thermal Casts for your um, land destruction. Yeah. And then the only real difference in the sideboard was. Was there a difference in the sideboard? I think oh, yeah, two, pre- two Prenumbra Spiders instead of two Smash to Dusts. There's one, and I think one. And and three Electricaries instead of three Cannonades, yeah. But essentially fill it, fulfilling the same role, really. Yeah. yeah. That, that mono blue fair here, and then the the smash to dust, and the penumbra spiders. Obviously, penumbra's more block and slash eating mono blue, where the the smash to dust sort of side side load to affinity walls head as well mm-hmm. as a one damage mono blue head. Don't forget that secret head to kill thermal alchemist as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a bad shot. <laughs> I never even thought about that. But um, yeah, I, I do like Ponza, and I like, as I say, the green, the Arbor of Utopia Sprawl lists. And I also think that this sort of list might shine probably the most with the change of mm. the way Mono Red's going. So mm. without Rebirth, Avenging Hunter gets a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot, lot harder for them to take the initiative. And it being a green deck means you get access to four Weather the Storms, which. Yeah. Was a lot. Weatherstorm was a lot worse against Kuldotha than it was against like a burn deck. So yeah, just them having the recurring damage on board yeah. rather than brute cards. Um, so. yeah, definitely makes it a lot worse. But yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, we'll have to see next week if it uh, continues to put up some decent results. Yeah, because I definitely do think it is very well positioned, and I am all for Ponza being a tier two deck. Hmm. So I think next we've got a, a recap on what we said last week that we would think to happen this week. Mm. Um, so the first thing was Mono Red continues to, to develop itself. Um, definitely seems to be the case. The, the two two wins, both non-Kuldofa decks. Yeah. Um, like two months ago, you wouldn't have thought that would be the case. Yeah. Not at all, I don't think. Um, but yeah, now it, it does seem... Like that's the way it's gonna go, at least in the short term. Mm. Um, so I think that was a, a a pretty reasonable call. Yeah, definitely. Um, our second point was that we'll get repeat shones from Affinity, Terra, Gates, and Mono Blue. Um, Mono Blue obviously seemed to overperform. It's it's the first or second most played deck both times, um, and he's hitting top eight. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Affinity, still a mainstay, still the third most played deck, um, or the fourth most played deck when, when Fams was higher on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely down from where it normally is. Um, definitely doesn't seem as dominant anymore. Terror, I was slightly surprised like how low the Terror was. Mm. Um, I think the closest was the 10th on Saturday and a 14th. On Sunday, I believe, um, which like they're not bad results, but for a deck as powerful as Terra is, I sort of expected more. Yeah, I don't I, know what your thought is on that. I think with Terra, it's it's its own worst enemy. Is like how it generally plays out. Mm. Sometimes you just don't get there. You end up milling half your threats, or you, you know, what I mean, you don't. You kind of whiff a lot, and obviously that doesn't happen throughout the whole event or or the whole challenge or whatever but there is times when it just isn't running as hot or the you make you make like a lot of choices i find with terror as well so like do i want to be so aggressive and just try and jam out some terrors and hope that works or do i want to take it slower because i have this counterspell hand all that sort of stuff and sometimes just those lines just don't work out i find it's a deck that that is very linear and sometimes people 
are prepared for one line and you go down that line and you know what I mean that sort of thing and I think that's probably why it is a powerful deck don't get me wrong we can jam three five fives as early as turn three or four but um, it generally is its own worst enemy yeah so I'm not too and then the the fourth part of that um, gate sort of in a similar position to Terra with no no top eights um, the closest was a 12th on Saturday and a ninth on Sunday um, but I feel that's sort of more in line of what we expected from Gates. Mm. We weren't sort of expecting, oh, Gates, there'll be two copies of Gates in the top eight or whatever. We were sort of, it's still going to do well, probably sort of between ninth and 20th. Yeah. With the occasional squeeze um, of top eight here and there, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Can I just make a note to add, have you seen the ninth place Gates list on Sunday? It runs, mm. it's, a core, it's a core gate, like, three or four colour deck and it runs four Legion Conquisitors is that what it's called? The uh, like Oh Conquistador. That one Legion Conquistador. That like one a three mana squadron hawk. <laughs> yeah. It's a two two. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's definitely a cool inclusion. Yeah, it was uh, definitely on my list of decks to consider just because it was more like a Jeskai gate with also that Legion card. I'm not gonna say that second thing again. I'm definitely terrible. Le- Legion Conquistador. Yeah, it's basically like it's got eight Squadron Hawks and four cats. And yeah, that's its. It's just that's its threat. That's yeah. what it's running. I guess it's got. Oh, it's, it's got four Modern Age as well. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a cool way to take it. I don't know how mm. good Conquistador is, but I guess it's a, a white guy, essentially recursive white guy because you just keep getting more. Hmm. So it casts your strands as well from the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, fun. It makes your brainstorms good. Yeah, I was just surprised. I, I was like, well, I had to Google what that card was because I seen it in a list. <laughs> I was like, what is that card? So, yeah. Was... But I, I think we were definitely on point with those points and also the last point, I guess, which is fans will do well if people are brave enough to play it, which I, yeah. I think that's a fair standard point moving forward. If you're going to play it and you are experienced in playing it, like GN and uh, Jacob who top eighted, the experienced pilots and they know what they're playing and they know how to play it and they know how to tackle each matchup, etc. And I think that's going to move, that's going to be the same throughout. Yeah. These strong pilots yeah, will just keep playing. Definitely. Yeah, I think. Like we've seen the the drop from Saturday to Sunday, the the numbers will probably be down, mm. um, because there just isn't that volume of people playing challenges that are, ex like that experience with fans to run it well, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the 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 people that are they, they're just going to continue doing well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and then yeah, so leading on from that, our expectations of how it will shake out from now to next week. Um, this is going to be interesting because I don't know what you've put because I can't see your notes. <laughs> but I, mine... I haven't put anything. Boggles, uptick. Mm. Um, obviously, we've seen like back-to-back weeks now where Boggles is doing well and there's no one playing it. It's like three people playing it, four people playing it, five people playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what will happen is probably similar to FAMS um, where it'll see a huge uptick Um obviously boggles is a lot easier to just get free wins with and mm. um, so i imagine a lot more of that um increased player base will convert into top 32s top eights um yeah I, I think that's my first first expectation my uh my first expectation is i think ponza will take an uptick yeah i think i think with the, the state of the burn decks have been more sorry the red decks have been more burn based um, as I touched on before, I think Avenging Hunter gets incredibly much more powerful than it already is. Whether the Storm is obviously a much more um, hurtful sideboard card for them, and and I just think the deck in in terms of like kind of boggles, it gets a lot of free wins sometimes just blown up lands, not necessarily against red, but just against the general field. Um, yeah. I feel like that's. And it's probably got a reasonable mono blue matchup too. Its spells are expensive. It's got cascades, so it's harder for them to counter everything. So I think, especially on the play, if you can get that um, Arbor Elf Utopia sprawl down mm-hmm. through the counters, um, you're pretty well set up. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Utopia sprawl they can't really answer once it's down. The Arbor Elf they can snap it, but it's sort of wasted in snap. Mm. 
Definitely. Um, but yeah, I sort of I can see that, especially in a, it's a, probably in a similar situation to Bogles, where there's not been that many people playing it for a long time, but it's still converting decent results. And especially after the Sunday um, double top eight, there's going to be a lot of people interested. Yeah. Um, in giving it a go. Yeah, definitely. Um, my second one is something we've touched on probably too too much now on this <laughs> podcast is um that the burn's just going to continue to drop gold offer. Um, I think that time, at least for now, mm. has passed. Um, I'm not saying it won't come back in the future, but I think for now, the more burn style, less creature heavy lists are just the way I go. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that. Just Ren's Resolve or eight reckless impulses just yeah. just makes it so much easier to have a critical mass and with traditional old school burn, you often struggle to get that twenty damage quite easily, and every card you mulliganed and stuff like that was just a uh, like a turn or two potentially, way yeah. further away from killing your opponent, and, and and I just don't think that's the case anymore. No, you just don't have that fear of of whiffing anymore. No. Like you've got that you've got the card advantage to compete. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that egg is a mainstay. I can see it being. I can see it not being. And mm. um, like we see in that seventh place list, I think it was, did obviously didn't run any. Mm. Um, so there's definitely still developing to be done. But yeah, the the more burn, less hold off re goblin style is is probably out the window at least for now. Yeah, I, d- I definitely can see that. Um, my final thought is, I think the gate decks will probably be more black based. That's a weird thing. Don't know why. Yeah. Just, I think the so the green white decks will be like the green white gate based decks will be more green white black, and I think mm. the blue white decks, uh, like Cargate, will be more the splash and black as opposed to red. Mm. And the reason is I think Cargate in particular got a lot of um, push from running Smash to Dust and. Um, Pyroblast and stuff from the side, which obviously I think Pyroblast could still be ran in those lists because splashing for a one yeah, yeah. one pip card is not out of the question. But being able to run Smash to Dust for Kuldotha is probably not ideal when I think it's probably better to run Fumes because of Fear being so big. And Fumes is just so much better against Smash to Dust if you're going to be expecting yeah. Fear, in my opinion, anyways. I think it sort of ties in as well to what we're saying with. If we expect an uptick from Bogles and Ponza, the black answers to those decks are miles better than most of the colours, like yeah. with Chainers Edicts, Cast Downs, yeah. Fumes. Um, that they're a lot more efficient and a lot more useful against other decks as well as those decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can um, Yeah, it's, it seems a, a reasonable call. Um, and my, my final one is something that probably won't happen. But I hope it happens. <laughs> is it is a downtrend in mono blue because it's just so boring. <laughs> they're, they're just the lists they're just so copy paste. Um, and I used to I really love mono blue back when it was playing gush and days and like random one of bone splitters and stuff like that. <laughs> but the yeah the the sheer copy paste, especially if it's creature based now, it just yeah. Not for I find you. It very very boring. But, yeah, I, I can't see that happening. It's just more of a hope. <laughs> it's it's also a card that I probably hate losing to the most is Spellstutter Sprite. Spellstutter yeah. Sprite Ninjas are just the most tilt and game losses ever. And I think that's probably why it's so high. Just people know that someone's punched the computer <laughs> screen at the end of a challenge. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think that's definitely a fine expectation to have. And all, all of those are fine. Apart from the one or blue one, I think. But overall, <laughs> I think... The expectations are fairly not self-explanatory, but definitely good takes based on the trends that we've seen over the past two challenges. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see. How... Yeah, we'll see next week if uh, we'll we'll come back to them and see how how close we were to to hitting it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, do you have any final closing comments? No, no, I think that's that's me. Really, it's obviously two very different challenges one's fairly stock one's a bit out there so mm. yeah it's pretty interesting Sean hopefully next week that continues yeah I definitely hope so too and 
I think that's all for us, guys. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. This is episode two of Cast and Commons. And we will be back next week with the exact same stuff, but hopefully much more interesting <laughs> challenges than the Saturday. So, guys, do not forget to like and subscribe and hit that follow button if you're on Spotify or all the other podcasting needs. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.